Hi, this is Baby Doll, and you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13, to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits, and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. All right, folks, welcome, welcome, welcome to, what are we doing, Jimmy? Oh, yeah, this is Live and in Color, Wolf D, <laughs> Jimmy across the street, and y'all, I don't feel too good, I, you know, I just got my hip uh, replacement, and I've been home for about a day, and um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to work through this, though, Jimmy, we're going to work through it. <laughs> I want to know how many of these fly-by-night podcasters can come straight out of total hip replacement surgery and do a podcast. Uh, that, that, that should be, yeah, I don't think none of them either. I think that should be the new litmus test for if you're a podcaster. Yeah, I'm just saying. Wait a second. I'm a podcaster. I don't want to do that. Never mind. But seriously, well, you had though, a pretty major surgery, too. Yeah, just, yeah. I mean, it was pretty major. And we, but the beauty of that one is, is we got them all done before. Remember, we like true. crammed in a bunch of them. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. I was like, dude, I'm about to be down for a minute. Let's knock some out. But people like George Weingroff thinking that had me thinking I was going to just walk up at that motherfucker after it was over. <laughs> <laughs> after Ahmed Johnson tears your leg out of the socket <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> oh, man. so anybody considering getting hip replacement just uh know that it ain't no fun yeah yeah i mean how are you feeling though bro uh it, it hurts man um yeah like i told you uh, i had to stay one night over which was planned and actually yeah. i could stay the second night but i was pretty much ready to go home at that point um getting you know small town small pharmacies that kind of thing had some issues getting my my medication to go home with and that was a pain in the butt but uh pain medicine was a pain in the butt yeah um and and you can hear my my voice from the breathing tube that's you know not cool either but it's what it is man but um i guess uh I got a brand new shiny hip, like you said, and um, it's supposed to get better. Jerry Lynn sent me a message too. He said, "For it'll be bad for about two weeks, then you'll be all right." I'm like, two weeks? <laughs> do this for two weeks? <laughs> <laughs> Give me something better than that, Jerry. Yeah, man. Come on. That is something that you can go to with a lot of your fellow people. Yeah, you know, a lot of your fellow veteran wrestlers have gone through this. You know, you talk to George Weingroff, you talk yeah. to Jerry Lynn. I mean, yeah. so many people have gone through it. So, I, I, have you talked to Dirty White Boy? He didn't have his hip, though. He just had his back. Yeah, I know, but have you talked to him? Yes. He, yeah, yeah, sure he checked on you. So. Yeah, and Joel. Yeah. yeah. Dayton, uh, Eugene, Nick Dinsmore. Nice. People have uh, hollered at me just to check on me. So. That's good, man. That's good. Yeah, a lot of our listeners were pulling for you, too, man. So yeah, thank I seen you. all stuff on Facebook. So yeah. I appreciate you. Yeah. We, uh, uh, we got Baby Doll today. That's our 80s uh, childhood right there. You know, I totally work with her, uh, but uh, I obviously know her stuff, man. So this should be cool. I know yeah. you in it, you know, some WCW, Mid-Atlantic, Crockett, all that stuff. Oh, you know, I'm fired up, man. But yeah. I mean, uh, the two crushes we had as kids, Baby Doll <laughs> and Miss Elizabeth, right? Come on. So, yeah. I mean, wrestling, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, dude. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, and baby doll is literally like just part, like just part of our childhood, man. Just yeah. part of our younger days, man. And wrestling history in general. Yeah. Yeah. About it, so. Yeah. And you know, I haven't heard a lot of podcasts with her on it. I know she's done other ones, yeah. but I didn't listen to any of them. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, but, I, I, know, I haven't heard any of them. Me and you, yeah. me and you do it different. So right. we'll make sure this is uh, not your uh, normal baby doll shoot interview that you may have seen on YouTube. It, exactly. This is totally so, different. This is Wolfie D. So we're going to make it color like stop. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's get her on the phone. All right. We'll be right back. After these messages with Baby Doll. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Hey, folks, to get your official Live It In Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. All right, folks, we're back. And, and man, Jimmy, again, you know, We've got a great guest. We always have great guests. And this one, man, this is this is my childhood right here, man. I mean, this is uh, <laughs> this is pretty cool stuff here. And uh, without further ado, I'm not going to sit around here and beat around the bush. I am so honored to have the perfect 10 baby doll on Live and in Color Wolfie D. How are you doing today, ma'am? I am awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me. This is um, so cool. Thank we you. met, I well, believe, at the Ric Flair, um, the Ric Flair's last match, and yeah, we kind of yeah. talked about doing the show. So yes. we finally put the pieces together, and here we are. Nice. Absolutely, and I, I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm honored, and I really appreciate your, uh, your time here today with us. Um, a couple of things I wanted to say that I didn't know, and things like this, like, and I know you know you got out of the wrestling business, you've been out for a while now. Um, First thing we're you know talking about Ric Flair's last match and meeting you there, that that was just a really cool atmosphere, you know. And, and I hate it when it was you know people were kind of knocking it and and all that. And I'm like, what in the hell kind of match did they expect? But unless you were in the arena, you know, and I was standing right. in the back, I didn't want to watch it in the back on the TV. I wanted to go out into the crowd. Exactly. Man, exactly. The electricity yes. in that building was incredible, and you know, it was. I grew up in that town and saw a lot of wrestling there, and that shit was on. You know what I mean? Well, and even the whole show leading up to it, they yeah. had done such a good. I mean, Conrad above and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. Standing, yeah, for standing sure. applause for everything that he did and how he put it together, and just. You know, it may not have been for everybody, but for those of us that were there, it was priceless. 
Yes. I, I, I haven't seen the video of it because, you know, I was there. I was sitting like right behind Undertaker, uh-huh. like Kid Rock is to the left of me. And just mm-hmm. the whole atmosphere and being like seven rows back and got, getting to see the luchas and Vicky Guerrero uh, throwing money at the ring because of the match was so good. And then the lead up and <laughs> yeah. and the whole thing, it was just, yeah. oh my gosh, and you had Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett, everything yeah. fit so perfect. So, you know, it's Flair, it's not the end. And of course, he's always going to talk about having one more, but that's yeah. Flair and and Flair loves life. I mean, if we could only love life half as much as Ric Flair does, we yeah. would all be blessed. Because, man, that guy is still styling. I mean, yeah. you don't see him. Right. I mean, every day he's still posting something where he's dancing and drinking and snizzing and dripping <laughs> and the whole thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, how can you shit on somebody that's enjoying the best life that they can? And then AEW, they get also pissed off. Oh, boo-hoo, Flair said something about the girls going up to yeah. Did he say anything illegal? He didn't say 15 no. and 14-year-olds. He's, no. you know, the eight, he, oh, my God. They're just like, oh, I can't believe he said it. I'm pissed <laughs> off if they didn't say it. You know what I'm right. saying? So Amen. Amen. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. The, the atmosphere was just incredible and just all the, you know, the guys that showed up, you know, to, to watch him, Foley and Taker and, and everybody, man. It was just exactly. super cool. And I'm, exactly. I will be honest with you. I, that was probably being able to, you know, Road Dogs, my buddy, and Jeff's always been my friend. And, and they got me in that battle royal and then got me to to be, you know, I didn't do shit, but uh, be called a producer for a match. And to see right. my name on the credits of Ric Flair's last match pay-per-view, oh, man, that was pretty darn cool to timeless. me. Timeless. Timeless. You know Absolutely I mean? timeless. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But in, uh, enough about uh, me. <laughs> um, so what is, I'm curious, what is a day in the life of baby doll today in 2024? Oh Lord. Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> um, oh my gosh. It's going to seem so mundane, but it really isn't. I get up uh, like five thirty every morning. I uh-huh. have coffee and I have a nine-year-old. He's actually my husband's grandson, and I've uh-huh. had him for like five years. Oh, so yeah. He's like my little boy, and yeah. so we get up, and like this morning was the first day back after Christmas break, so it was mm-hmm. a, li- a little rough getting him up at the 620 to get to the bus, yeah. and then I get my husband lunch. He works um, big machinery and construction and uh-huh. clearing land and the whole thing, so I get his lunch ready and get him out the door. And then I uh, feed and let out my chickens. And then I've got three dogs and three cats. I got to take care of them. And I've got um, two slam buddies. I'm getting out in the mail today. So I've got to get them packaged up and out to the post office. I do my pictures and sign outs for that. I do do about a podcast at least twice a month, maybe. I'm pretty good Uh, on the podcast. And then... um, start cooking supper because I do home cooked meals every day and my little boy gets home and he has a snack and homework and I do the mom thing and then husband comes home and has supper and that's my day. So I'm blessed. I did like 22 shows last, last year. So interject a couple of shows in there and flying out and having the suitcase open. And it's a, it's kind of a double life, but pretty much a farm girl (laughs) life right now. 
Yeah. That's awesome. You're, you're domesticated mommy doll. We'll call you that. I was like, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I have like, I guess I've got like 65 chickens now. I haven't counted wow. recently, but I know there's over 60. Yeah. And oh. then I've got the three dogs and three cats and a nine-year-old. I mean, right there, that's busy. Yeah. And then I'll get the garden going um, here pretty quick. I'll start getting the uh, pots and the land ready. I'll have a big garden this year. And um, yeah. year before last, I canned tomatoes with my father-in-law. Uh-huh. And we had we had done the two big gardens. We picked everything. We did, we did over 90 quarts of uh, tomatoes. And wow. when we figured out that was more than 25 gallons of tomatoes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> farm girl life for baby so, uh, right, you know, right? yeah, let me say this and interject this because this is so timely with what you're saying so you have that many chickens did you know that I am basically today years old knowing that you did not have to put farm fresh eggs in the fridge my father-in-law raises chickens and he gave uh-huh. us a whole thing and it had been sitting out and I'm like wait a second and he's yeah. like if you wash them, you got to put them in the fridge. But until then, exactly. they okay for a little while. And I exactly. was like, it doesn't, but I love farm fresh eggs. They're great, you know? So, well, yeah, I don't want to, I mean, you can leave them out, they say, like for two weeks easily. Right, right. But with all the chickens I've got, we use them pretty because I feed them back to the chickens and I also okay. feed them to the dogs, especially when it's cold out like this. Yeah, um, yeah. My husband also knows that this is, oh my gosh, y'all are going to think I'm so country. Um, <laughs> I, I grew up in West Texas. So yeah. in West Texas, my mom was really into health foods and fitness and everything in the 70s, even before it was like really chic. And in fact, right. you can hear one of the roosters now. So, <laughs> uh, but we never can. So I went on YouTube and actually taught myself how to can because out in West Texas, it's so hot in the summertime, canning was just not right. feasible because right. we would cook. So I taught myself how to can. So, um, my daughter, Samantha, loves pickles. So I've been teaching myself how to do the pickles. And it's, they're, not, they're not hard, but they're not easy. You've got to do them just right. Well, I got the bread and butter ones down, the yeah. down to a side. Yeah. I mean, nice. I, was, nice. I was trading for moonshine for my pickles. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> amazing. Oh, my God. That's yeah. amazing. And then I saw an ad on Facebook Live where the, this guy was selling all these big uh, flower pots, like the ones that trees come in. Yeah. And those are hard to come by. Well, he was in a landscaper, and he had a whole shed full. So I went out to go you know, buy all of his pots that I could fit in my car. And so I, I pulled up to his house and I'm talking to him. And then his wife comes out and she says, do you know how to make pickles? And I mean, just as country as cornbread, like yelling off the porch. I was like, yeah. can you help me? And I was like, yeah. So I showed her how to make pickles. <laughs> it's just right out of the random blue, like someone out of how to Man. do pickles. <laughs> and then my husband, while like I go out for an hour and like six hours later, I show up and yeah, you're not going to believe where I've been. It's okay. <laughs> Man, you should uh, market that baby doll pickles. Jeez. I love exactly. it. Exactly. They're good. I and I get really good pickled eggs, too. Pickled eggs oh, are awesome. Oh, nice. Yeah. You should yeah. look into that for real. I guarantee people will buy that from you. Seriously. Flair uh, back um, when we were flying with Flair on the on Crockett's jet. Yeah. I would make salsa. I was making pico de gallo back like oh, in 1980. Like even before pico de gallo was a thing, I was making pico de gallo oh, and man. frying up chips and taking them on the plane with us because there was really no place to get food. And 
they didn't have a flight attendant or service or anything. And it was just basically yeah. crackers and water that was uh-huh. on the plane. So I would score the big points and I would make like gallons of salsa to take on the plane. So oh, that but is Blair huge. said that I should have packaged that back up then and we never, Heck I, yeah. I was too busy. I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, now's your chance. Now's your chance. Yep. Uh, you should be, make your own uh, little condiment line there. Well, yeah. <laughs> something, else, something else that was new to me, and, and, and I don't know how long this lasted for you, but did you say it on Andrea the Giant? Andrea the Lady Giant, yes. That yeah. was what World Class had come up with because they wanted my character to be like this really big, badass, you know, bodyguard. China before there was China, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Okay. That's what, that's yeah. what they wanted. And I'm like five foot 10 and athletic. And yeah. I could, you know, if I wore heels, I can get up like six, two, if I wanted to, but it's just kind of clunky. Yeah. But, um, I didn't like the Andrea because I um, was friends with Andre and I thought that was disrespectful to him yeah. Yeah. because I mean, there's no other Andre. No one else should be no. Andre, Andrea, Androgyny, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that's just to me. And so if you notice, I never, I don't think I ever said um, Andrea. The announcers pretty much were calling me Nicola by the end of it because oh, they, really? um, well, they knew my name and it just didn't make sense, you know. And Nicola, yeah. what's wrong with Nicola? Nicola's much Nothing. more impressive than andrea so oh yeah, yeah. totally yeah. let me oh, tell well. you this, it worked out. this uh, for a shoot this happened uh last week uh okay. george weingroff a good friend of mine he okay. sent, he sent me a a poster a wrestling poster a picture that was uh, i guess like i don't know if it was the premiere of this iron claw movie or it was just at a certain movie theater. He didn't take the picture, but he got it from somebody. So his right. name's on the card, and that's what I thought he sent it to me for. Was the you know it had uh, Von Erichs on it, and then obviously, and then uh, it had his name. And I was I sent him back, hey, cool, that's pretty cool that you're on it. And then he, then he told me the backstory, and then I'm, I'm kind of reading it, and I saw Andrea the Giant. And at that point, I, I had not looked it up. And I had no idea that was you, but right. just last week was the first time that I had ever heard that name. And I was like, I wonder who that was. <laughs> and, and then I absolutely oh, found it out her. this morning. <laughs> that's crazy. So, yeah. And that's, yeah. that's funny because um, doing interviews and stuff, people have said, well, why haven't you gone to WWE? And I really don't know because I've never had anyone tell me, well, we won't take you because of this. But yeah. I've just heard of like rumors of like what was said of, oh, what about this girl or what about baby doll or whatever. Uh-huh. And the rumor that I had heard was that Hunter had said that I was too uh, territorial, that I was too of this down south, that I couldn't mm. really change my character. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking there's not much of a change of character between Andrea and baby doll. Yeah. Just, they, that's been, that's one that. side of the coin, and then the other side of the coin. So, right, I right. mean, I could have adapted, but you know, they just didn't give me a chance. But that's fine. Yeah, yeah. and they've always been like that for a lot of the southern guys, you know, or girls. Yeah, uh, but the uh, the whole, you know, I guess the southern, uh, especially like you know, if you came from Memphis, they think all we did was ha ha and all that mess, but that's not right. true. And uh, yeah, and it's almost like the whole north south thing. They think we're dumber than they are, which ain't freaking true neither. 
<laughs> right. It was yeah, and and definitely like on some of the tryouts and stuff, and some of the comments you hear them like saying, you know, like you know, you can tell they've worked Memphis, and yeah, yeah. that's the Memphis style, and and yeah. different, and and it's not, and it's not in a good way, but for us, I mean, that is a compliment because we know, Absolutely. you know. You know, unless you've done territories and work shows where you have to, you know, where you have the same town every, like with my dad's town was every Wednesday for over 20 years. You have to do storylines and some of it's silly and some of it goes off the wall in the whole thing. But you know what? People talk about it and it keeps the interest rather than just the same thing. That's the whole thing with wrestling is you just never know what you're going to get on a card. And that's the beauty of it. And people say, well, it's exclusive and y'all cut people off and da da da. No, <laughs> I think professional wrestling has hired absolutely everybody at one point or another. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Jimmy. Let me hot tag you, man. All right. I'm taking <laughs> the hot tag in. Here we go. So, all right. So the shot put, let me ask you this. Uh, okay. Nicola, what makes shot put good wrestlers? Because I mean, think about it. Jim, the anvil, Carrie Von Eric, and you all have that shot put background. What about a shot putter makes a good professional wrestler? <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it was, I guess just the athleticism of it. And then, because uh, my deal was more discus. I actually set the okay. school record in discus, but I did shot and discus. Uh, Carrie uh, helped me with my throw mm-hmm. um, whenever I was a senior in high school, and it actually helped me beat the school record. Just that little deal with my – I never thought, because you're just throwing, you're throwing. But he showed me, like, on my right hand, how to just barely twist your hand and put your little finger into it. Actually just pushed it that much further and got me the record. That's um, awesome. I don't know. It's it's. I think we're just athletes to begin with. Sure. You know because there's a lot of football players and and um, track stars and baseball and and just overall athletes is just wrestling is is violent theater. I think it's just athleticism that's mm. violent. You know. Yeah. Now that's so a great way good, to say it. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I just saw that, you know, comparison there of the uh, some of the more famous shot putters in the world right. as far as pro wrestlers, and I was like, "There's well, gotta be." Well, it didn't. Uh, I saw pictures where Brock Lesnar's daughter yes, set the yes. uh, school record for college and yeah. just shattered it. So I'm happy. Oh man, she's beast. She's gonna. She's gonna. I think I don't think that's the last record she's going to beat. No, I, I agree. <laughs> she looks just like him too. It's crazy, you know. Oh, I know, <laughs> right? Right. Did you play Sam's any daughter? Um, Sam and I have two daughters, and our mm-hmm. oldest daughter looks just like him too. Just oh, exactly wow. like him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does she do the little dance with the hat? Up? Well, Sorry, she's Jimmy. a musician. She's um, she's an excellent musician, so she's got kind of his musical things. But um, no, not quite the little dance. She was more of the punk rocker. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. More jumping like, and yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Sorry, Wolf. You you were asking something. No. Um. Did you play any other sports growing up? Oh my gosh! I lettered in every sport I went into. I lettered. I was in volleyball, soccer, and track. Yeah. I lettered uh, three years in um, high school and in, in volleyball. Uh, three years in in track for uh, shot put and discus. And then the last two years of high school, I did soccer, and we won city, and I lettered both years in that. So I actually had the letter jacket, like with the letters down the yeah. arms yeah. and the medals yeah. and the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, I was 
pre-pimped out. And then I, I was disappointed because <laughs> I think my mom actually threw my jacket away one time. She got mad because I moved and left a bunch of stuff at her house. And uh, she got mad and threw everything out. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> Thanks, Mom. I <laughs> <laughs> love you, Mom. <laughs> That's yeah. cool. Oh, well. Yeah. yeah she, she kept my brother's. Yeah, and I know that this is... This is kind of funny. Um, I know it was her because she left my brother's jacket, and these were two jackets that were in the front hall, and I knew where they were because it was a special place, and we knew we could keep them, and nobody would mess with them. And my brother's jacket was still there, but mine was gone. (laughs) Mm, Okay. (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) Yeah. And and what's what's crazy is you know how you see all the wrestling posters and you know they're going anywhere from like fifty dollars up to like five thousand dollars for some yeah. of the you know the actual cardboard window cards. Mm-hmm. My brother and I put out sixty five cards every week for forever. You know from the time that we could drive on you know on that was one of our jobs. We would put out mm-hmm. window cards, and That's I awesome. would. St- I would stash one back because, uh, you know, you take one down and then you put the current one up. So we'd end up with 20 or 30 cards from the previous week. Well, I'd always try and save two or three because I thought these are really cool because the artwork and the whole thing. And my mom would throw them away every single friggin' time. And I literally at one time had hundreds. I could have really seriously put my kids through college on all the programs and posters I had (laughs) saved and my mom had thrown away. Oh, (laughs) Oh, well, (laughs) that sounds like I was was not my mother's favorite. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Jamie, my partner, Jamie Dundee, he's got a whole like it's like a a shed but he's turned it into a, a man cave and it's posters and it's it's basically a shrine to himself but uh he collects he collected everything and i i didn't i didn't collect everything and i wish i would have but i, I tried so. i tried to but i moved around so much that um i just lost it you know because you know there's only so much stuff you can fit on the truck and then having kids their stuff comes first and yeah yeah i've, I've left a trail i must say that there's a trail <laughs> all the um, my moves yeah <laughs> well, so let's let's get on to a little bit of wrestling stuff here as far as like okay let me let me ask you this has it really and i'm sure it has by now but like when did it really sink into your head of basically what a trailblazer you were first of all but then being part of some of the most classic stuff in the golden era you know four horsemen rick flair all this dusty it, i mean do you realize like what you meant to the wrestling business and and the great people you were around? No, I am I am truly humbled every day. You have no idea. Just yeah. some of the messages I get. Just um, at the time, I didn't realize it at all because we're just we're right. just going to the next town. You know, we're right. doing the storyline. We're getting dressed up. We're doing our part. We're making people want to come next time and the time after that. Six months from now. Yeah. Um, It was such a magical time for me being like the only girl, you know, I knew it was special. I didn't know like how special it was because I grew up in the business. So I know that girls doing what I was doing at the time just had never happened. You know, just the whole thing, the whole and the relationship with the guys and and how they treated me and everything was just because I hear the horror stories from like with Sonny and Missy and some of them. Yeah, of how badly they got treated, and it's not 
it's boys being boys, but I was so thankful that they kind of saw me as something more because they were like, oh, she's money. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take yeah. care of her. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I was very fortunate in that part that, you know, I don't think that they really wanted to mess up the good thing that was going on. And it was just so, it was just as such a camaraderie, you know, the two, three years that I was there, you know, it was just, we, we really were looking out for each other. You yeah. know, whenever like Darso had gotten hurt and his knee and he was going to be out, you know, they said for a couple of months and we didn't want to break up that Russian thing that was getting ready to, we could see was going to be really, really good. Yeah. And he blew out his knee. So Crockett said, whatever money we could raise, he would match it weekly. So we all you know, did 25, 50 bucks every week. Yeah. And then, you know, whatever we put in Crockett matched. So then Darso was able to make it through until he got better, you know, and that was unheard of before them. Yeah. So for us, I mean, it was, and, and now I guess it was about maybe 2005, 2006, whenever I was just starting to get back and doing the fan fest and the legends yeah. and I'd moved from Missouri to North Carolina because mm-hmm. I could see like, I really love wrestling and I'd been out of it for so long because of my daughters and I could get back into it and make a little bit of money. Yeah, and then I guess I went down to a, I went to a friend's house, mm-hmm. and uh, we had traveled a little bit on the road, and then I went to his house, and he had a pool room. We were going to meet up, and he had a picture of me on the wall, like a big poster, <laughs> and he had a picture of Francine and like the bikini thing, <laughs> and I was like, wow, I'm <laughs> on the same wall with her. <laughs> I was like, oh, snap, <laughs> I'm really into <laughs> shit, you know? So it was, you know, it's at those moments that you're like, that's how it was. Com- to someone I didn't even know was a wrestling fan from the time that he was a little boy, to be in that comparison with Francine, with her beauty and what she had done, yeah. you know, it was just, wow. And then I was at a show in West Virginia this past uh, summer. Mm-hmm. And I uh, was working for Gary, Gary Dameron with ASW, excellent okay. promotion. And yeah. so I'm doing the fan fest thing, and this man walks up and he says, I know you don't remember me, but he says, Back about 15 years ago, you and your daughter came up for a show. And he says, My, my buddy and I were here, and he says, My buddy just loved you. And he mm-hmm. said that he didn't have the money to come get a picture from you. Mm-hmm. And so we were standing off on the side, and he says, Your daughter came over and said, can my mom help you with anything? And we kind of explained our situation to him. And she, she was like, she was so sweet. My mm-hmm. daughter says, come on over. My mom will take care of you. Whatever you want, she'll sign for you. Uh, and she told me what it was. And I signed a couple of pictures. And, he, and I remember this guy because he didn't want the big picture. He wanted a small four by six. Mm-hmm. And he says, I can put this in my wallet. <laughs> Isn't that sweet? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I signed it and I gave it to him and we took pictures, the whole thing. Yeah. Well, then 15 years later, his friend comes up and the, the man that I'd send the picture for had passed away. Mm. This is going to make me cry. Uh, he said that when he passed away, he wanted that picture laid on his chest oh, before wow. it got put in the casket. So I got wow. buried. So when things like that happen and you get the stories and I can remember this happening and yeah. then my daughter being a part of it and helping him and just, right. just being a part of this man's wallet for like 15 years and then getting buried with him. Oh my yeah. gosh. That's yeah. so, it's just, it is so humbling and I'm so blessed and 
you guys yeah. have no idea. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, that's an amazing. incredible story. I, I've had people say stuff to me, but I can't touch that one. That's uh, <laughs> that's incredible. Right? Oh, yeah. I know it. Right? That, it's is, just... that is something else. Hell, show's over, Jimmy. We're hanging yeah. out. Yeah. I'm going to top that. Yeah. God bless him. What a, what, yeah. Do you remember the name? I, I don't remember his name. I, yeah, I, I, I no, I, I couldn't. I, yeah, that's, uh, I've got him on Facebook and see, I'm horrible with names. If you hadn't have asked me, I could have done it, but <laughs> no, I'm horrible with names, but I could do that. Yeah. Cause yeah. It, it was up at Gary's. So I've got pictures with him too. That's amazing. That's, uh, that's an incredible story for real. It's one of the best ones I've ever heard as far as that goes. Um, Jimmy, go ahead, man. So, you know, obviously you grew up in the business. You, you know, you talked about hanging flyers and, and posters and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, there's a funny story that I heard that basically you called David Manning on the side, like in a secret and got the job in world class. Is that true? That is absolutely true. I had a see, kayfabe was so I mean, it was gospel. I mean, yeah. it was our Bible, kayfabe. If yeah. you know, you just didn't let anybody know about our business, right. and we didn't let any. It was just, it was a closed society, and yeah. you, by God, had better not tell anyone or smarten anybody up because then yeah. that would disenfranchise you from everyone else. Because then right. that, you know, you just you couldn't be in there. So my parents are talking in the kitchen about that uh, about business and things like that, and. So I'm just like in the living room and I'm hearing that they're looking for a girl for Gino that um, that they had Stella May. Sunshine had gone off to uh, rehab and was um, only expected to be gone for about 90 days or so and then was expected to come back. Mm. And that they just had Stella kind of filling in until then. Well, back then, the guys didn't touch the girls at all. Right. It was just taboo. So here... Gino had this nemesis of Stella, but he couldn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. So they were looking for a girl to bring in to help him because then she could touch Stella. But you know what I'm saying? Right. So I was thinking, wow, that's perfect for me. Mm-hmm. And so I had this huge crush on Gino anyway. So, <laughs> of, of course, I'm going to do everything I can to see as much of him as I can and, you know, just spend time. So I, uh, I actually stole my dad's black book. He had to remember the black books that has everybody's number. Oh, in them. Yeah. <laughs> I got his black book and went down to a boyfriend's house and used his phone and called the Dallas office. And cause they had the sportatorium and then they had the office number and then they had Fritz's number. So mm-hmm. I called the office number and uh, David Manning answered. And I'd known David because David and I had worked forever and he did a lot of the merchandising for the Von Erich stuff. So I would always get T-shirts and new pictures and all this merch to sell for Von Erich. So I talked with David often. And I was just like, hey, what about me? And gave him the whole spiel. And, you know, you're looking for a girl. And, and um, I think I'd be perfect. And mm-hmm. uh, they were just looking for, he said that they were looking for a girl and that they were getting ready to go to a meeting upstairs with Fritz that he loved the idea and that um, he was going to run it by Fritz and give him a, about a half hour to an hour. And he called me right back. Mm. Okay. So I'm waiting, wait, wait. Sure enough, 45 minutes later, I get the phone call and David said that Fritz absolutely loved the idea. 
that um, I would work out perfect with it. So, yeah, that is absolutely true. And I started the Sunday before Labor Day in San Antonio, Texas. Yeah. So no wonder she threw away your letterman's jacket. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. And then I had to tell him, too, that I had to quit school. I was uh, going to uh, Texas Tech, uh, their health science center, to be an EMT because I wanted to be a paramedic. So I had two weeks left to go in the class. I was like fourth out of the class. I was I was doing really well. And I had to tell my folks that, yeah, I'm quitting all the school, the four and a half years I've had at college, and I'm going to move to Dallas, and I'm going to, yeah, work with professional wrestlers. Yeah, that <laughs> that did not go over well. Have, have you ever had to use your EMT skills on one of the boys in a, in a match or something? Um. I glued a guy's head shut with a uh, super glue one time. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that counts. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> Stopping the bleeding, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right on top of the head. Uh, and it was good. It was about a four inch gash. Yeah. And he didn't have enough money because, because we're figuring at least six stitches. And when you're figuring stitches, it's, it's Back then, it was like $100 a stitch. We're like, ah, that's at least $600. And he's doing construction and painting. He's like, ah, that's like a whole two weeks. And I just, I've got a kid coming. I can't do this. So I was like, well, take me to the store. I'll buy some super glue. So we got super glue and I glued his head shut. Yeah. It worked too. Yeah. I've actually. And he, and he didn't have to cut his hair. There you go. There you <laughs> well, that's that's a big plus right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I heard a story. David Isley told me a story one time about Chris Champion with the karate kick right to the lip and busted his lip. And he oh, came Lord. to the back, and Flair was like, who did that, Isley? And he's like, I don't want to say. It's nobody important. You know, you don't worry about it. He's like, no, <laughs> tell me who did it. And he said, oh, Champion hit me, caught me. He didn't mean to do it. He said he was sorry and stuff. He was like, well, here, take $100 and get that fixed on the way home and then uh, apparently he gets on the y'all used to use walkie talkies because of the separate dressing rooms and yeah, uh, he, yeah. said, he said chris get champion on the line here chris if you, you got to learn that we can't hurt these guys we don't have enough of them as it is anyway my whole point of that is i'm sure you've seen a lot of crazy stuff like that that's oh yeah yeah well it was like whenever sam and i hadn't started dating at all this was whenever i first um, got into um, Crockett territory and we were working in um, Fayetteville. And um, I remember Dusty telling Sam to make it look good because Sam was going to get collar in the match because uh, Tully was going to use one of my spike bracelets. Mm. So Tully hits Sam with the bracelet. Sam takes the powder out of the match. And whenever he comes up, he has like from uh, hairline to hairline all the way across he's actually cut his bangs and there's like this straight curtain of blood coming down oh my 20 god. 23 stitches wow oh my god yep he made it he made it look good $2,300 dollars. <laughs> right well i think Crockett picked that up because dusty told him to make it look good so they yeah. had to cart him off but it looked good because they actually had to do the ambulance and everything. So oh, yeah. super heat for Tully and I. Yeah, no doubt. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope-ass sponsors. And we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for Live and in Color with Wolfie D is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code WOLFIE at manscaped.com. If my math's correct, that's about 8 million balls. Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here. And if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're going to want to call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. Okay, well, that leads me to a question because you just said Tully. So, okay, and then, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Obviously, one of the gentlemen is no longer with us, but Gino or Tully, who was your favorite, absolute favorite to manage out of those two? Oh, without a doubt, uh, Tully. Tully okay. taught me so much. Tully actually talked to me. Gino was what you saw on TV was actually Gino. And then okay. Okay. I, I, I thought I knew Gino until I saw the dark side of the ring episode. And it was like, <laughs> I didn't know anything, but <laughs> Gino kept to himself. Gino, you could tell was living a double life then, but now it turns out like it was a triple quadruple half hitch life. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, it, um, I didn't learn anything from Gino. I learned so much from Jake that oh. uh, I was so blessed that, that Jake was there at the time. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been worth crap if I'd gone to Crockett after that. Because yeah. Jake taught me like to slow down and look at people and, and just just how to get heat, just yeah. by little certain things that you do and little quirky things. And yeah. um, I learned so much from like the road trips with Jake. We took a couple of them like, from like San Antonio till El Paso to Laredo and then back up. And, you know, when you're in the van, just, and there's nothing, you know, just talking. Yeah. If you're willing to learn, there's a lot to learn, you know? So Absolutely. I was lucky, but Tully, Tully always wanted to have the very, very best match on the card. Tully mm -hmm. always wanted to, um, be the bull of the woods. That's why I think that he and Magnum class so much because 
Magnum had the automatic friendship. I don't want to say automatic. Had the close friendship with Dusty. So he was always kind of Dusty's right-hand man. But Tully always wanted to be right there with Dusty. If you notice how much Tully worked against Dusty, it was all the time. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. meant that we did jobs all the time. <laughs> I remember one time asking Tully, I said, can we win like one time? Can we just make this so that, you know, because it's hard if you're, you know, you go three months and you haven't won anything except for what was on TV. It gets really hard, but he says, we're making money and that's what counts. Yeah. And we're working against Dusty and that's what really counts. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and see, that's how you learn. You know, it's like. Oh well, yeah, you're right. You're you are right. We are making a lot of money, so yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, we could be winning, but we're going to be in the third match. We could be losing and be in the last match, which makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Last match, of course. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I told you, I like I like these rib stories and road stories. Who give me a good rib you saw or was a part of or that happened to you or something like that, man. Oh my gosh. Um trying to think. I think whenever Arn first got in the territory in Charlotte mm-hmm. and and we didn't we you know, we're just Sunday afternoon show and everybody's getting ready and happy and it's a Sunday afternoon show, so yay, we get to go out and actually eat and go out maybe have a few drinks in Charlotte, you know, on Sunday night and which yeah. was rare and we're all happy and the police come in. The dressing room, which is like really unusual. Like, okay, what's going on here? And there goes, is there a Marty, a Marty Lundy here? Mm. And we're all like, who's Marty Lundy? (laughs) (laughs) You know, who's Marty? (laughs) And Arn's over there lacing up his boots. And you know how he looks over those glasses? He said, yeah, that's me. Officer, what's your name? And they go on to tell him about charges that are pending in Florida and that he's in big trouble in underage girls and parties oh, yeah. and dates and times and places. And the color, you could actually just see the color just slowly drain <laughs> out of his face. Yeah. Because the more that they said, the more it was like not one time did he say, I wasn't there, that didn't happen. <laughs> it just was like, oh, it was sucking it out of him. So he was, uh, they were like, well, we need to talk with you outside. So he gets up and he's got like skivvies on and one boot off and one boot on. And he's like, what are we doing? Oh, we're just going to talk to you for a minute. So it's like, oh, they're not even going to let me get dressed. Okay. <laughs> so you can hear. So we're all like owls. So they leave and we're just like quiet, like, like mice and owls. And our eyes are huge. And we're all trying to listen for every little thing, a bit of what we can find out what's going on. Yeah. Because this was good. This was, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> New guys like in big trouble. Huh? You know? <laughs> and all of a sudden you hear this flare. Flair, I'm going to get you. I swear to God, I'm going to get you. <laughs> Flair had set up the whole thing. They had actually put him in the car oh, right outside the door. <laughs> and so they're going on and on and on. And, and Arn thinks that he is like in super big, like, oh, my gosh. Here, Arn said that it was his first night in the territory. He's got like, he's on like fourth. He's got a really good match. He's going over. Everything looks like so good. Like, hey, I'm getting ready to move to Charlotte. <laughs> and then the police come 
And you could just see that, oh, I'm going to lose everything because of something I did three months ago. You know, it was like, oh. But Flair knew everything. He knew, like, where he had been, the show, like, who yes. was involved. in the. And he, Flair knew just enough to interject it in what the police said to where Arn believed yeah. everything. Oh yeah, my God. It, was, it was classic. You got to smarten them so up beforehand. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's exactly. Perfect. God, that would yeah. suck. <laughs> yeah, just just think like here you are like like the Charlotte is definitely the hottest thing going. Right, you know, Jim right. Crockett, the Mid Atlantic, you you've been working down Florida Georgia line type thing. You're 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 doing good, you're struggling, you haven't you've had just enough to where you know that hey, if I can make it, I can make some money in this. I just have to be at the right place at the right time. So aren't thinking that this is the right place at the right time. I'm going over mid card i just have to you know just nail it and yeah the police are going to end everything (laughs) (laughs) it reminds me jimmy and my listeners know this one and i'm not going to tell the whole story but just to sum it up very similar but this was not a rib (laughs) my one of my exes got mad at me and jamie and thought we was going to party we were actually going to Beverly's house, his mama, and uh, to eat before the show. And uh, we get to the show, and Jamie has Dundee tattooed across his back, right? And okay. uh, my, my ex had called the police and said cause she knew he had warrants for child support. She told him where he was going to be and everything. So we're at the matches and uh, in the dressing room, and all of a sudden, here comes two cops in there. Uh, we're looking for Jamie Dundee. <laughs> Everybody's oh, Lord. Just, and he's got his shirt off and his back to him. And we're all going, no, no, no. Does anybody know James Dundee? <laughs> <laughs> the cops look over they go, is that him with Dundee on his back? <laughs> and he got arrested. So. And you look at him and go, your name Dundee? <laughs> yeah not a rib he got arrested so oh lord oh i broke up with her after that <laughs> yeah because <laughs> no, yeah, you know you were ne- if she'd do that to jamie just think what she'd do to you oh, oh absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. Absolutely. did you know bill at all bill Dundee? um a little bit i knew uh i know or i knew donna and bobby a lot better i knew oh, donna yeah. really sure. well yeah 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 i was gonna ask you that um of course, everybody loves Bobby. Um, right. And, and we all, when Bobby and, and uh, Donna separated for that little time, uh, Bobby was in Nashville. And he lived, we all lived in the same apartment complex. Me, Jamie, Gypsy Joe, Bobby, uh, and uh, Chris Michaels. And, oh, uh, Lord. And I'll go to the pool. And, uh, and, and Bobby was just so good with the kids, you know, remember how yep. he was, I mean, he always yep. pat my, my daughter on the head. Hey, darling, how you doing, darling? Yeah. All that right. stuff. Just what a great guy, man. But you could but, just know that he was a good soul by like how the kids reacted yeah. around him. You just yeah. know that he was like a really good, good soul. He just, absolutely. No one else. better. No one yeah. better. You got yeah. any good Bobby stories? Funny ones? Oh my gosh. Just, um, I am thankful he took, uh, 14 arm drags from me at the great American bash in 1986. <laughs> I mean, he, did, he did great. He bumped for me like, like nobody else. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> of course he would though. You know, that's right. just amazing. 
Yeah. Cornette and I are, are politically on like 180 apart from each other. But <laughs> Cornette, Cornette to this day will swear that he made more money with me July of 86 than he did with anybody. So <laughs> I have that I have that jewel in his crown. That was a great feud. I mean, that was legendary. It was. I mean, that's one of the things when I think of you and I think of him, I always think of that feud and that, you know, like just a classic matchup. Honestly, it was right. just like, I could not wait for you to beat his ass. I could not <laughs> wait. <laughs> and, what I mean, was, and when he says that he got death threats, he, I saw the death threats because like at TBS studios, the um, secretary's, Actually, Teddy Long did a couple of times would bring us our mail, our fan mail. And right. I'd have like a little shoebox full. It was it was cool. You know, it was it was a lot of fan mail for me. And I mean, literally, Rock and Roll Express got like sacks full. <laughs> and I thought it was really cool. Like uh, you get your little fan mail and you're waiting to go on. So I'm like going through it and you get that like weird letter that doesn't look like everybody else. So I'm right. like, oh, what is this? And right. it actually was from prison. And guys were writing to me saying that whenever they got out, that they would be happy to take care of Cornette. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh. So I actually, I gave him to Cornette. I wish now, because knowing how much like merchant stuff sells, you know, like a, unique things. But yeah. I actually handed him the letters from the prisoners that said that they would take care of him. I bet he still has them. You know, he probably does. He probably does. I He's hope got he does. that whole museum, you Somewhere. know. Somewhere, yes. yeah. Now, that's a good question. Okay, so it's kind of a known thing that some of the, how do I word this? Some of the male fans of female wrestlers can kind of get a little icky sometimes. And I would never want to put you on front street and have you have to put out people's names and stuff like that. But did you ever have an experience to where you were just like, other than that one, that was just like, man, this is not right. Something's off here. Like, right. Not, I'm really fortunate, like with my character and how I've kind of portrayed myself. Um, there's no nude pictures of me. There's no like really derogatory, you know, where guys have been able to go that one extra step. So yeah. I, I've been very fortunate, knock on wood, because I never wanted at the time I didn't have kids, but I knew that I wanted to have kids later on. Sure. I didn't want my kids embarrassed for what I'd previously done. Right. So I all, always kind of held myself up yeah. to a higher esteem, you know, like, cause I didn't want someone going, Hey, guess what? I just all over your mom's face last night. <laughs> you know, Oh my gosh. Right. You know, right. I, right. I've done a lot of dumb stuff to my girls. I didn't want that you know, to be one of right. them. Like, Oh mom, you know, <laughs> there's, there's no amount of money that could make up for that embarrassment. I think that they would have. And I, sure. I know like with some of the other girls, I mean, they can justify it like with ever, you know, like, Oh, well, look at this big house I've got. Yeah. But yeah. what are your kids going through? You know, and they may not think anything about it, but for me, it meant something. So I've yeah. been very fortunate that I haven't had that really weird stuff. Yeah. I've had, you know, asking for the feet pictures and the whole thing, but that's probably, that's probably like the weirdest thing. Cause I don't get anything else. Okay. I just don't. Yeah. You mean no- you ain't stepped on Tony Atlas's face? <laughs> no, oh he, that's his thing. He loves that. You know, I know. Oh, I know. And he will yeah. show you the videos, which is just oh, like yeah. me. I don't want to see it again. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, you see it the one time just to kind of go, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what I thought it was good. 
yeah. I don't want to have to. Yeah, it's it, if that's his thing, and the girls make some extra money. Yeah, sure. power to sure. him. You know, right, right. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of weird. Yeah, I it's, don't think he's got enough money for my thing, but <laughs> I always, I'd be always. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a. Uh, I'd be willing to see how much he'd offer. <laughs> you, know, just, you know, I can always share with my kids. I've got a nine-year-old. <laughs> we can listen to offers, but <laughs> I, I, was, know, I, I, I guarantee you he'd remember it. I was at a booth next to this. Uh, it was like a, they were a promotion and the person that was representing was a girl referee. I guess she was uh, in training still. And, Tony was in the same room as we were, and he uh, he got her to do it. I mean, she kept asking me, like, what should I do? What should I do? And I'm like, I mean, if you want some money, <laughs> just don't go st- – all you got to do is step on his face. <laughs> so, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, that's up to you, whatever your boundaries are, sister. I don't know. <laughs> just make if sure that the me, money I'm he's offering it. you is not embarrassing, you know, like make it <laughs> yeah. worth something. So. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You hear I say, if you ask me, I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Heck yeah. I mean, we're, we're all in this to a certain degree, you know, just we got to make that money. So, you know, right. too, I, I, I can sell I can sell 10 pictures or I can step on your face. <laughs> Which one do you want? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, one thing I want to talk about, obviously, is Nelson Royal. And so I live in Mooresville, North Carolina. That's where I'm talking to you from right now. And obviously, Mooresville is the home of Nelson Royal. And I know oh, that he had some help with him training you. And then right. also, one of my favorite things that I've seen recently, this little hidden gem that I found, like I said, I've talked to David Isley and, and Tommy Angel here recently in interviews, and I found this Atlantic Coast Wrestling on YouTube. And you were actually basically like the color commentator on that. And I thought that was mm-hmm. excellent stuff. And I just don't understand. And I get it. The territories were kind of at their end. And that was kind of like Nelson's little shot at the territories there and I just feel like there was so much more to give in that promotion and unfortunately it didn't last as long as it should have right well that's unfortunately the deal with promotions is that it takes a lot of work and then um, so many of the guys that Nelson was pushing were going on to other promotions and things like that and you can kind of try and keep them roped in and corralled in but you know they're gonna they're gonna go other places because you just don't have the money to offer the contracts Sure, and you can't sure. blame them. You really right. can't blame them. Um, it was a really fun time. It was uh, uh, working with those guys. And, and what's really cool with Nelson is that he actually worked with my dad a lot in the 50s and early 60s. I've seen so many posters and ads where Sir Nelson Royal and Nick Roberts worked on the same card together around in like New Mexico and Texas, Oklahoma and Colorado. There, I've yeah. seen probably 20 cards with him on there. So it's it's really cool to think that Nelson worked with my dad. And then I trained with Nelson up there in Mooresville when uh, Rockin' Robin was training so that she could go on to WWF. And um, it, it all works in circles. It's yeah. all just cool how it just circle after circle, it just keeps blending. It really is. It's crazy. You know, and I did recently scare you and I apologize for that. Of course, Tommy Angel helped <laughs> hook this up. And thank you, Tommy. And I sent you a message. And in that message, it says, Tommy Angel passed 
and it was saying passed along your information and but all you saw was <laughs> right? Tommy Angel passed A and you, you were like you scared me to death and I was like oh I'm very God, sorry about that so <laughs> right I didn't even open up the message at first because I was like oh my gosh we're getting ready to do a show and now this is happening and oh this can't be happening and so, so then sorry. I went and did like some other social media stuff and I noticed like I didn't see Tommy Angel's information come up so I was like well wonder what that was and I went oh I was like, oh okay <laughs> but with me that's just that's just a moment in my life because I'm blonde and I bleach my hair so I have those moments all throughout the day so we're good <laughs> well it was my poor wording let's say that to be no honest. there was no other way to put it, it was just how that little tidbit comes through to teach right. you to open up the message. Well, yeah, they, right. they got me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry, Tommy. You're He's fine. very much You're alive. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, hey, yeah. Real quick here. I'm going to, again, thank you for your time. And I don't want to, we try not to go over you know, like an hour or whatever, but one more thing I'd like to talk about before we, before we let you go and wrap this up is, you know, you were talking about, um, you know, the guy or, or was Gino couldn't hit the, the female and all that stuff. And, you know, one of the big things was when Dusty slapped you and, you know, the reaction of that. Right. And then currently, you know, uh, there's a lot of especially on the independent circuit, a lot of guy girl matches and, and all that kind of stuff. I'm just curious as to what you think, because I actually got into a little debate with uh, uh, a couple that are both in the wrestling business. I'm not going to call them out or nothing, um, and they probably not listen to me anyway. But um, because of the, it was you know a guy and a girl, like I said, they're husband and wife, and they're beating their each other's brains out, not selling none of it. And, you know, they're putting it over like that's the greatest thing ever. And other people are like, oh, no, you get, you know, what are your thoughts on like, I know the business has changed a little bit. I'm not saying it's ever going back to 1985, but the formula has always been the same. And if you, uh, to me, uh, if you, if you sell things and slow down a little bit, it's going to mean that much more. They did uh, probably six minutes worth of spots in about two minutes and if they would have right. just you know that was my i just want to know what your opinion on the guy versus girl thing when i mean just dusty slapping you meant so much at that time you know right well when dusty did the slap thing because i slapped him first because we're doing the back and forth back and forth and then i haul off and i slap dusty and dusty out of reaction just pops me back mm. and that like it, it to me wrestling has been has to be realistic is like what would actually happen in a fight. Right. You right, know, so right. if, if I pop a guy in the face, I'd better expect probably going to get popped back, <laughs> you know, so that made sense. And Dusty was so afraid of that at the time that that would instantly turn him heel. Yeah. But he told me, he says, you've got so much heat. He says, there's no, he says, I'd be surprised if it turned me heat. He says, they're going to hate you even more. So, and when, and Dusty was so smart in that, but he was worried. And when you look at that crowd, when he hit me, the women are the ones that shocked me. Cause whenever I was able, like a couple of years ago, I actually was able to, to like watch it and watch the fan reaction. Yeah. Like women have cigarettes hanging out of their mouths and a drink and they're yelling, hit her, hit her again. Damn it. Hit her. <laughs> that. 
unbelievable, you know, to me <laughs> that I could bring that because to this day, I will stand on it that no woman has had enough as much heat as I did in this business in 1985. Oh, no totally woman too. ever had as much heat as I did. Yeah, it was it was crazy. It was it was so much. And then when it turned around, like a year later, or it was about nine months later, when Tully slapped me, then that was like this antithesis even pronounced because it's like, look at how much she did for you, and you slap her, and then Dusty comes out and he wanted it to look like King Kong and Fay Ray, you know, like he came to the rescue, and yeah. it all worked out. So it's. Dusty was a genius, and I'm so blessed that he loved me, and I loved him back, and we made a lot of money. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You did. you did. That's awesome. What do you think about, the like, today's stuff with there's so much girl and guy, and they're making it like... Oh, the, okay. When you're... Okay. So, okay. So, the intergender stuff. Yeah. Um, see, my daughter wrestles, so it's really hard with her because a lot of cards, they won't use her unless she goes against a guy and she won't yeah. do it. She's just like, no, I'm a woman wrestler and this is, and she's got her standards well, and that's her. fine. This is, this is one of the cool things about professional wrestling is that if you don't like it, you don't have to go to it. So yeah. I'm not a fan of the intergender thing. And yeah. a lot of people are, which is, yeah. it's fine. It's their deal, but there's so many girl wrestlers. Why are you going to put another girl against a guy when you actually have a hundred other girls that you, it's not like we're girl wrestler poor. There's literally thousands of wrestlers. out. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so why degrade it to the point? Like, like why would you have a guy? Why would a guy want to beat a girl in the first place? Yeah. You know, that, that's my whole thing. It's like, what does he came from it? Oh, you beat a girl. Good for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Well, with a girl, you know, like, what does that guy going to do after that? Like, let's say you beat a girl, then where are you going to go after that? But then right. if you don't, if you put the girl over, then where do you go from there? There's yeah. Like so many things that it just dead ends it, that once you do that, where do you go from there? Right. You know, right. and that I'm, I'm all for, you know, whatever in professional wrestling, because that's what professional wrestling is. You just yeah. don't know from masks to midgets to girls to giants yeah. to morbidly obese people to skinny <laughs> rails. That's what you get. And that's the beauty of it. Right. So if, if we don't like it, we don't have to watch it. And yeah, I am point. not a fan, so I'm not going to go, oh, that was a great match when I'm not going to watch it in the first place. Right. Right. I've got daughters and I don't want some guy thinking that it's okay because for some reason he saw it on a wrestling match where a guy beat a girl that it's going to be okay for a guy to hit a girl. Right. Amen. Yeah. And, and I'm okay with some, you know, the, to an extent, I just, with everything, guys, girls, guys versus girls, whatever, just make it make sense is all I'm saying. Right. You know, well, see, yeah. and I'm not a fan of the deathmatch things. The deathmatch yeah. just no. go so far, but there's a market for it. So why am I going to go? Oh, you shouldn't do that. That's not yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. When right. that's your thing, go do it. It's not going to affect me. You know, right, right. Just don't sure. get hurt. Just don't. You know, try not to get hurt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. My mother was a professional wrestler, so she wrestled in the fifties. Well, we I, there was a show that I was on that they said that it, when my mom was wrestling, there was only about 45 female wrestlers at the time when, mm-hmm. when my mom was wrestling. 
so then whenever I was working, I was one of what, three or four valets because you had um, Fallen Angel, you had Miss Linda, uh, Precious, Sunshine, and myself. Right. So that, that, right. was, that was it. So then when my daughter comes along, she is the only third generation female wrestler. Wow. There's a lot of third generation on the male part, but on the female to have a grandmother, yeah. a mom, and the daughter, all three females, and she's on both sides. So she's got three out of four grandparents, and Uncle Jake the Snake, her dad's Sam Houston. Yeah. I'm her mom. Rockin' Robin is her auntie. So no one else. So we've got, it's so cool how the history of going from like 45 female wrestlers to being the only third generation. That's very cool. What does she wrestle as? Samantha Starr. Okay, cool. Star. Promoters, Samantha Starr. Please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she's been wrestling now like 15 years. She's been wrestling since she was 14. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. There needs to be, I think I see Charlotte Flair, Tessa Blanchard, and Samantha Starr. They need to get together and maybe, oh, you yeah. know, four horse oh, that women. That would be cool. Charlotte's <laughs> hurt, though. Charlotte's like yeah. really, really hurt. Yeah. Yeah. She went to school up here in App State, which is just right up the road from me. Oh, yeah. Went to App. I love it. Boone. So, obviously, we're talking about the old days and how much they all meant to all of us and all of our listeners and how much, you know. And the cool thing about it is, is coming up in Charlotte on February 9th, there's actually going to be a Mid-Atlantic Legends Fan Fest reunion. I think they're calling it Mid-Atlantic Mania. And it's Friday, February 9th, 2024 at Hyatt House in Charlotte. It's absolutely free to come in and, and see everybody. Now, of course, each person will have their own cost for pictures and, and autographs and stuff. But anyway, tell us a little bit about this, and you're going to be there. Right. It's uh, part of the NWA Legends. Um, the first one was 20 years ago. So this is actually the 20th reunion, the anniversary show. Um, I believe he's got Chuck Coates and Tommy Angel and David Isley and um, Mass Superstar Bill Eady yeah. and myself. Yeah. Um, it's, it's completely free. It's from 12 to six on Friday. So if you're a fan of mid Atlantic wrestling, if you're a fan of fan fest and legend shows and the whole thing, and you're kind of disgusted by like how much things cost and the whole thing, this is completely free to get in. And then I'm going to offer my pictures like what I normally do, like for $10, uh, there's other $10 photo. It's kind of a step back to nostalgia. So I don't think that anything's going to be ridiculously priced. And cool. it's just going to be a, a really fun, good time from 12 That's to six on February the 9th. And I'm definitely going to be there. So you'll see me. Yay. Okay. Good deal. We'll have to get <laughs> yeah. pictures and post and the whole thing. Please, please. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yes, but I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm so looking yeah. forward to this. Yeah. Because yeah. this yeah, is kind of like the anniversary of like whenever I did a show for Greg Price, it was up in um, DC area at uh, the Capitol Center. And um, it was. I believe it was like 2005, maybe 2004. I can't remember, but it was, it made me realize like, wow, I can make some money at this. This is fun. I like being with everybody. And mm -hmm. it was like one of my very first fan fest and got to see everybody. And then one thing led to another led to, and then I moved back to North Carolina. So it's definitely so much fun and, and just one of those memorable experiences and we'll get lots of pictures and post them and Hey, it's free. You got to show up and just see what's going on. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Sure. I mean, 
to just hang around in the room is, I mean, it's free to right. come in the room and right. just look at everybody. I mean, that's to me, you right. know, at, at loving the wrestling at the time that we all did. That's that's enough to make a lifetime of memories right there. And, and yep. it's just very cool to know that that you'll all be together. I know there's more names to be announced right. they haven't announced them yet but i'm excited for it and it'll be and, fun and you look at the lineup so far it's it's guys that um normally don't make the fan fest and legend circuit so right. this is a real good time especially with your mid-atlantic cards i know that um isley and uh angel are on them that this would be a good time to you know have those uh, autographs yeah absolutely bring your and then everybody bring your knows Chuck from like stormtrooper and working with that so this is good this is really yeah. good do you have yeah. any other signings coming up or anything else you'd like to oh my tell gosh. The folks um, about? january the 13th this saturday um i don't know if your show make it i'll probably be the show be after this but i'm going to be in lenore then i've got charlotte on february the 9th um up in ohio for bobby fulton and dylan hines in yeah. in march for their big time wrestling there and then in May, I'm up in New Jersey for a WrestleCon. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. I know, right? Who would think? <laughs> I did like 22. I want to say I did like 22 events last year. So that was like so much fun. And had yeah. a lot of, you know, got to take my take Ryder with me. Ryder made some road trips with me last year. So that was fun. And as long as I promise him a hamburger and French fries afterwards, I think I've got a ride or die with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. The name fits, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ryder Bird. He's my little boy. That's cool. That's awesome. Now, cool. was your husband in the business? Yes, he wrestled uh, as Chad Bird. He worked a lot with uh, WCW, like in the 90s, and then a lot with George South and Stallion up in the mid-Atlantic area, late 2000s, early, you know, through there. It's cool. I thought so. He just looks like a wrestler. I was like kind of stalking right. your page, looking for photos you know, to use for, you That's know. how we met. We did a AWE show, which was mm. awesome wrestling entertainment up in Virginia. Okay. And we met up in there, I believe it was like 2011, 2012, something like that. Uh -huh. And we just started just texting back and forth because he's a promoter and he ran some shows up here in Hudson, Lenore area. And he wrestled. So we were just texting and hit it off and everything just uh, gelled. And, you know, we were talking and he ran some shows and, and then um, got to talking a little bit more. And, and things happened between him and his wife. And it was just like, well, how long are you going to? have people disrespect you you know you're a young man you're in your 40s and mm. da, 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 and things went on and two years later i moved in and two years after that we were married so it all worked out and everybody's awesome. happy and yeah yeah that's the important you know, part. and, and he, he's been in the business he understands the business but a lot of times baby doll can be a lot you know? <laughs> like, why, do, why do they keep calling like i don't know they just do but you know it's, it's like the guy up in west virginia you know like i i like to think that i mean something to a couple people and i like still being in this because i like helping promote my daughter's uh wrestling career and doing yeah. some gear for her and going to her events and i think that every little bit i can get pushed it helps her get pushed a little bit more because they they put us together and stuff. So and yeah. she's moved down to Florida, so I don't get to see her hardly ever. So it's, it's, this has been 2023 was not a very good year when it overall came to it. Cause my girls kind of moved away and things changed, but 
you know, that's, that's the way it goes as a parent, you know, you, you hope they survive on their own, but then you have that moment of like, they don't need me anymore. (laughs) So yeah, I had that moment this year. Oh, they need their mom. That was rough. That's still rough. I still cry over that one. (laughs) My babies don't need me. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. At least you're happy. It sounds like, honestly, like you had a having a really good life. I mean, you obviously had a great wrestling career. Now you're just having a good domesticated mommy dog. I I always have a good time. It's it's you know like you bring up my husband. We've got like our our front yard is a solid acre for a front yard. So we've got like That's a awesome. big front yard. So yeah. to walk out to the mailbox, it's it's not a long walk, but it's a nice walk. So right, right. I go out to get the mail, and like 45 minutes later, he's like. Where have you been? Um, looking at flowers and butterflies. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> That's and great. I have been because I get diverted, and we've got a lot of gypsum in our yard, so like shiny, pretty rocks and butterflies and cone flowers and the whole thing. So, Very yeah, cool. and I'll go, I'll go turn over rocks just to see what's underneath it for bugs and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> such a great that's just like the dream i think everybody just wants to be able to live a happy life i mean that's just right. it yeah and you want to you want a funny story so i saw the uh ad for aquaman came out a couple of years ago right right so, right. so i was showing my writer jason momoa you know and so my husband goes well you know that that guy's been driving past our house like all summer I'm like, no, he hasn't. Jason Momoa has been driving past our house. Uh. You're, you just think Jason Momoa is. And he says, no, really, he's friends with Ma- Madison. And Madison Bumgarner is our neighbor. And sure enough, they're friends. And sure enough, Ma- Jason Momoa had been driving up and down our road all summer. And no one told me. Man. <laughs> I would have thrown a chicken at him. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Madison Bumgarner is your neighbor. That's amazing, too. Oh, my God. Okay. Check yeah, this out. I can, check I can this throw out. a rock and hit his house. That's amazing. I'm in Caldwell County. Every, this is Madison Bumgardner. And my um, little boy goes to, uh, does basketball down in uh, Granite Falls where Eric Church is from. Oh, wow. Yeah, of course. That's awesome. So so listen to this. You said Jason was driving by your house. So here's what a small world. Before I moved to where I'm at now in Somerset, Kentucky, I was right outside of Knoxville in Maryville, Tennessee. Okay. Okay. My nine-year-old, that's where he lives, okay? And my his his mother, uh, and this ain't been, Jimmy, I don't even know if I told you this, but I'll send you the picture. Uh, okay. It, I kind of just forgot about it. Um, so his, his mom texts me and she's like, you're not going to believe what my mom's telling me, blah, 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 blah. And they live, like, they got a big, uh, like a log cabin house. I mean, it's a nice little area and stuff like that. And her mom's telling her, that she's met Ricky Steamboat. And I'm like, Ricky Steamboat in Maryville? Oh, yeah. He just moved out there. Yeah. So, and I had, like, I've only met Ricky one time, okay? So I don't really know him or anything. I didn't know where, I figured, I didn't figure he lived in Maryville. (laughs) But, but yeah, so she's like, does he live? I said, man, I I don't know. I said, maybe. Well, all of a sudden she sends me a picture and it's Ricky and his kids and his wife and they're on this little... It weren't like regular bicycles. It was the ones where you put the kids on there with you and all that kind of stuff. Okay. And 
they're riding up and down um, their street by her mom's house, and her mom cleans houses for a living. And so that's how she started talking to him, uh, because evidently Ricky knows somebody that she cleans houses for. So Isn't that great? See, look at the circles. Look I know. Circles. It, it, I'm it, telling you, they make circles. Oh, so she <laughs> sent me a picture, and she goes, because uh, my ex didn't really know what Ricky looked like. And so she sends me this picture of him on the bicycle with kids. And I go, Oh Lord, that's Ricky. <laughs> that's and, he, and he looks just the same. I mean, he's got that really pretty gray hair and yeah, just smiling. Yeah. And yeah, I saw him at the, I've seen him a couple of times last year. Just su- yeah. super nice guy. Super, yes. super nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well but, guys, yeah. this has been fun. Hey, thank, thank you so you much. So much. <laughs> Say it again to the other Jim. Go ahead, buddy. <laughs> All right. Thank you, baby doll. Thank you, listeners. And we will be right back with Ask Wolfie D anything. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. You're so welcome, much. hon. I'll see you next month. All right. Sounds great. We'll see you. Take care. All right. Super duper. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, DJ, hit that music. All right, we are back with Ask Wolfie D anything, and Wolfie's limping. He ain't pimping; he's limping with a new hip. and And we just talked to Baby Doll. Man, you're a trooper, brother. Yeah, man, I do what I got to do. <laughs> yeah, well, we do what we got to do here. We make it happen. But anyway, we got some cool questions. But first of all, man, Baby Doll, she's awesome, dude. That that salsa that she made for the Four Horsemen, I want to try that. I swear, she needs to market it. I really I'm just doing. Yeah, it was Baby so. Doll. Yeah, Baby Doll condiments or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. There's got to be yeah. a better name than that. But yeah, any- sure. <laughs> but but we got some good questions, man. You know, we put out the the call for more questions. Let's let's re up some questions and get yeah. some new ones in. And so I, I think these are some good ones, and I'm excited for you to answer them. So the very first one is from JP on Twitter, and he's at JP Vanilla Gorilla. And, but anyway, he says, and this one might fit you right now. Not that you're doing this, but this could be something that you could do while you're hurt right now. He says, what's up, fellas? Was Wolfie ever into video games? If so, what series was he into? I still think the Sega slash Super Nintendo era is the best. Uh, So Sega, you know, me and Jamie used to carry one of those around with us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we played the heavyweight uh, boxing, whatever the name of that was, greatest heavyweights. We played that a lot. But as far oh, as like, me by myself, um, I got into I got into Halo a lot. Um, okay. And then what is that one called? There was three editions of it. Space. Uh, it was in space, and you got your crew and everything. Oh God, I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. Oh, and I love it. If you wouldn't ask me this, I would have been able to rattle it off. Okay, uh, pretend like we didn't ask. Uh, no, hang on. <laughs> we're gonna think of this. Mass Effect. Mass Effect. Okay, nice. Okay. Yeah, I never played that, but that always looked fun, man. man for sure. That was really awesome. I got into that. So like three, three editions of it, I think, and I think they did it on purpose. And yeah, it was really cool. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I tell you what, man, I was always a big fan of the old stuff. Like I loved Mario Kart. Like to this day, (laughs) I can go into a room and I'm not joking. They had it on the Switch, you know, the Nintendo Switch, my whole family, my brother, my son, my niece, my nephew, they were all there. And Mm -hmm. I I played one game and I was horrible, but I figured out the controllers. The next game, I smoked them all, man. I'm just like a in my family, I'm the best I'm yeah. just saying it. I'm the best. But anyway, yeah. my daughter got into uh, Guitar Hero when she was younger. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was fun. We played. Yeah, man. I've always been a Madden guy. Oh, definitely. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Dude, you have to play that um, and be good at it somewhat. Uh, I think I, but I, I didn't ever play Mario Kart, but I did obviously play Super Mario, Mike Tyson, Punch Out, Double Dragon, Contra. Yeah. Contra was amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Loved Contra. Yeah. It was hard. Yeah. Yeah, That's right. I love that one. But yeah, so those are some of my man. And I I still got an Xbox, but I just can't play them as much. I don't get into them as much. I don't know. Yeah. I know what you mean. I know what it is. I mean, seriously, I have a PS4 that's a Blu-ray player, basically. So, Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I was into, JP. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, JP. Yeah, we definitely appreciate that question. That one was a good one, and especially while you're hurt right now, maybe that in the future you should get a <laughs> video game system set up there for you. So, All right. So the next one is from Marty Confetti on Twitter, and it's at I Broke Wahoo's Egg. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so in Power Pro, Wolfie switched to long tights that said underrated on them, yet he still carried the hubcap. What was yeah. up with that look? Uh, transition. I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. I didn't want to do PG no more because I felt like, and I'm, you know, I've said this a hundred times, I felt like at a certain point it had run its course and I had outgrown the gimmick, but I didn't know. I hadn't come up with Slash yet, basically. Uh, right, right. And what I was doing there wasn't really working. Um, you know, it, I would just, I, I just didn't know what to do as far as, um, either trying to still be just an older Wolfie or just change my shit, which I ended up doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you were just in a transition stage. We've talked about this several times, actually. And, you know, you didn't know where you were going exactly with it. The slash was coming soon, but not quite there yet. Right. Yeah. Figured it out. But, hey, (laughs) I like that you had underrated on the tights. So Yeah. Yeah. Some people got it. Some people did. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. All right. Well, our third and final question of the day is from Fedor316 on Instagram. And he asked this question. He's awesome. He's a Mac A Ronan. He's got some cool stuff all the time and questions, and we definitely appreciate you being a great listener. He says, hey, guys, I really enjoyed the outlaw Joel Deaton interview. His stories about Japan made me think of a question for Ask Wolfie. He says, we all know Wolfie was wrestled for almost every promotion that's existed in the last 30 years. But did he ever have any interest in going to Japan? Looking back, does he wish he had gone or is he glad he didn't? Thanks. Love the show. No, I absolutely wish I could have gotten that opportunity, man. Um, uh, something presented itself one time, and then it fell through. Um, and that that's really about it, man. I mean, and also, too, um, how can I put this? Like, we were working Memphis. We were the Memphis tag team uh, in the 90s. And, you know, we had our – that was our gravy train. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And to leave them would have uh, 
you know, looking back on it, you know, yeah, they ended up going out of business and all that, but that was our home and we would have had to, you know, let's say we'd have done good over there and yeah, we'd have made more money and all that, but it just wasn't on the radar as far as like, Oh, we've got to do this. So that wasn't our, it wasn't in our brains if we got to go to Japan. And like I say, I, I wish I would have. I'd love to, for nothing else, just to see the place, you know? Right, right. I, I really like that. But it just didn't work out, man, for me in, that, in doing that. And um, it seemed like during that time, too, you know, the Americans, a little before that, everybody's getting paid. And then it kind of, the, the I don't want to say the money ran out, but unless you were like a huge dame, you weren't going to get all that money that everybody that went got before, you know? Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Just, yeah. I, I wish I, I wish I could have, but I didn't. When you said that that possibility, even the talk of it came up, was that PG 13 yeah. time or was that after it was, it was me and Doug were going to go because he, I mean, he went all the time and uh, I don't know if he was just uh, promising me something that he couldn't deliver on or, or what happened there. I don't know. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. I, I think I can see the PG-13 gimmick getting over like gangbusters over there. And then I can also see the Slash gimmick doing all oh, yeah, that, there, you sure. know. You know, so, sure. yeah, but I mean, I, I could see either one going over like gangbusters. I think both of them would have done well. And I, I think, you know, I mean, do you feel like you have a bit of an incomplete story because you didn't go? Uh, maybe somewhat. Yeah. But I mean, I don't guess Japan really makes an American wrestler, but you know, yeah, I mean, there's several guys that never went, and oh, yeah. you know that's the thing. But I don't know. It's there's something about it. it. Feels like that's part of the that's part of the story that maybe I don't know. I, I could I just now that I think about it more, I feel like y'all could have really done well over there, actually. But yeah, yeah, sure. we did everywhere else. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you did Puerto Rico, Mexico. Why not do yeah. Japan, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine the young PG-13 being let loose in Tokyo, though, man? Woo. It could have been bad. <laughs> it could have been bad in, in Mexico and Puerto Rico. It could have been, yeah. yeah. It almost yeah. did go bad in Puerto Rico, but well, I guess it did. Not almost, it did. Yeah. <laughs> and some of the scenarios in um, Mexico make me think, what was I thinking? What were we thinking? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Cause that ain't no place to play, man. No, definitely not today. Especially. I think when I talked about... Um, Mexico. So the promoter that we went over there for, Minez, uh, I had always heard that, you know, they, they do a lot of uh, kidnapping for ransom in Mexico. And yeah. um, I'd always yeah. heard that he got kidnapped. Well, I, I, I talked to Bull Payne. It just happened to pop up on um, uh, the Facebook and we sent a couple of messages back and forth. And he's like, no, they kidnapped his kid. And I don't I think he paid the ransom and they still didn't return the kid. And mine has never promoted again from oh my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. So I just got that like not a few weeks ago. I just heard that. That's nuts, man. That is definitely not something to be played with for sure, man. That's yeah. brutal. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, hey, I don't want to beat you up, especially since you're on your already you know, beat up. Yeah, you're already beat up and recovering right now. So that's all we got for today. Thank you all for the great questions. Definitely yeah. appreciate y'all. And we appreciate you for uh, coming out of this operating room alive, and one, and and two, that you did this show with us. Man. It's always it's a weird awesome. feeling going under, ain't it? Yeah, you really it don't is. know it. You know you're fixing to, but you never really feel it. Yeah. Um, you know, you just hope going in that uh, so they can 
wake my ass up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, that's their job to wake you up. It's not really to put you to sleep. It's more to wake you up. You know? Yeah. So, but wow. anyway, well, we're glad you're doing better, brother. Hopefully soon you'll be walking around and perfect again. Yeah, so. man. Hopefully so. Uh, yeah. So, uh, we thank baby doll. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you all the listeners for the well wishes and thank you for listening this week. And, uh, we'll be back next week with more live in color. And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Sheik, Jared, are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise. This team does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling. Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at GeneJacksonPod.com. That's right. It's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes, and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty Call and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah. This is your rock star ring announcer, Aaron Camaro. I'm a man who believes the two greatest art forms ever created are professional wrestling and heavy rock music. So when I'm not hosting the best parties that also happen to be live professional wrestling shows, I'm hosting the Decibel Geek Podcast. Decibel Geek is a weekly podcast that features discussions of all things rock. We're talking the Beatles, the Stones, Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, Black Sabbath, Kiss, Ozzy, Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses, Metallica, Alice in Chains, Pantera, and everything in between. Plus, we'll turn you on to new bands from today that have the same spirit and style that the legends do. Decibel Geek is hosted by myself, along with Rockin' Pod founder Chris Sinzak. And each week, you'll get interviews with famous musicians and industry insiders, along with informative, entertaining, humorous, and insightful discussions, and most importantly, a passion for the music. So if you love to rock out as much as I do, then this is your invitation to the greatest rock and roll party in all of podcasting. It's Decibel Geek, and it's available right now on all major podcast platforms. Oh yeah.
So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate First of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more, is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon. And our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cat for you don't. He got a cat for you don't. I got a cat for you don't. He got a cat for you don't. And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause you're spitting the truth. Still loving in color. Don't rush your mother. Utilize a hubcap. I'm like any other. Back in the day, I was NOD. And I was P to the G plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Title suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping Wrestling's first white boy coming out hip-hop Been doing it like this since 92 Played low for a while when you thought I was through Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected Mad skills, no faking, there is no one great Cause I'm bringing more folks and over one for later Not here to play games, so you better be right You don't like me, so what? I really don't care Like time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped You suck a step to the side unless you wanna get dropped When my finish, I'll straight knock you out Please allow me to tell you what it's all about Gonna wind it up and I'm driving it home with Swoopy D, baby. Huh. I got a cap for your dome. I got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.